is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where life as we know it is about to kick into overdrive with the start of the legislative session tomorrow. Lawmakers, lobbyists, and staff are kicking off the festivities this evening with the annual party hosted by Associated Industries of Florida. Today is also the final day lawmakers can fundraise because it's illegal to do it while the legislature is in session. So a lot of checks will be changing hands today. On the eve of the session, thousands of teachers are converging on the Capitol to push for better funding of education. The governor is recommending close to a billion dollars in new money for salaries and bonuses. The Florida Education Association says that's a good start, but doesn't go far enough. The Florida Sierra Club is releasing a report card today on the governor's first year in office. Ron DeSantis has received glowing reviews on environmental issues, but let's be honest about this. After eight years of Rick Scott, it would be hard for the new governor not to do better. Bear poachers are in the crosshairs. A bill that would increase penalties for people who kill bears out of season is already moving in the legislature. There is no season now, and there hasn't been a legal bear hunt in Florida in almost four years. But poaching is a problem, thanks to sky-high prices in China for bear bile and gallbladders. On the Sunrise interview, you'll hear from State Representative Byron Donalds, a pro-Trump, pro-gun, anti-abortion Republican running for Congress. Nothing unusual about that, but he's also an African-American, which makes him the political equivalent of a unicorn. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events, which is starting to get pretty long these days, and your regular update on Florida Man. In this case, a former beauty queen accused of keeping the Social Security money that was supposed to pay for her mom's nursing home. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, January 13th. The Capitol complex in Tallahassee is jammed today with thousands of teachers marching on the Capitol to lobby lawmakers for an increase in education funding. Florida Education Association President Frederick Ingram says their voices will be heard. On January 13th, there is an expectation that we have thousands of people here in order to push the agenda that we need more funding for our classrooms, we need more hope for our communities, we need more support for our teachers, we need to care for the bus drivers and secretaries and security monitors and paraprofessionals who care for kids every day. And so we're asking each and every individual who lives here in Florida to meet us right here at the state capitol because the line is in the sand. The teachers' rebellion that we see all across this country is real. It's real because teachers have had enough of being underfunded, grossly underpaid not treated with the respect that they deserve, and not having the things that they need for their children. The presidents of the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers will take part in the march on the Capitol and the rally that follows. Governor DeSantis is recommending a $600 million salary plan that would require school districts to pay teachers a minimum of $47,500 per year. The union says that's not really enough. The Sierra Club of Florida will release the governor's report card for 2019 at a press conference today in the Capitol Rotunda. It's supposed to give us a snapshot of Ron DeSantis' performance on environmental issues, and Chapter Director Frank Jackalone will provide the details. Now, most environmentalists will tell you DeSantis is a vast improvement after eight years of Rick Scott, who banned the phrase climate change during his time as governor. But back in September, Jackalone said the entire Florida political system is failing on environmental issues. Because the state is at ground zero for sea level rise, and because the legislature and the state's developers have conspired to create a new wave of massive population growth and urban sprawl that will destroy wildlife in the interior of the state and make it impossible to control our pollution crisis. And I will say that if that continues, 
we're going to see not just environmental collapse in Florida, but economic collapse. Because people are going to start saying, like they did a few years ago, I better believe this place and go to North Carolina or go to Maine. People are going to have to leave the coastal cities. The sprawl that has been created uh, is going to be an area like Hades for the people who live there because it's going to be so damn hot and they're not going to have the natural resources that they need. And the Florida way of life that they thought they were joining is going to be gone. The Sierra Club's report card will cover climate change, renewable energy, clean transportation, oil and gas, biosolids, Everglades restoration, springs and river protection, red tide and blue-green algae, growth management, toll roads, conservation land funding, plastic waste, preemption of local regulations, and tree protections. State lawmakers may step up to protect the Florida black bear from poachers. Bear bile is a hot commodity in Asian countries where it's used as folk medicine. It sells for thousands of dollars per gram. Over the past five years, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has charged 22 people with bear poaching and issued warnings to five others. But as it turns out, the penalties are downright tame. It's only a level two violation, which is a second degree misdemeanor. Representative David Smith of Winter Springs has a bill to bump that to level three, increasing the minimum fine to 750 bucks plus a three-year suspension of your hunting license. Smith says a lot of that poaching takes place on federal land, like the Ocala National Forest, or on military bases with large training ranges in the panhandle. If his bill becomes law, the penalties for bear poaching would be about the same as the current penalties for poaching deer and turkeys. Next up, we'll talk with the rarest of state lawmakers, an African-American who supports Donald Trump. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. Our guest today on the Sunrise interview is State Representative Byron Donalds of Naples. He's a Republican African-American, an unabashed supporter of Donald Trump, with an A-plus rating from the National Rifle Association, and has served in the Florida House since 2016. The number one thing I'm really most proud of is that we were able to pass um, education savings accounts. Uh, it'd be the Family Empowerment Scholarship last legislative session. Uh, when I ran for public office in 2016, that education reform in Florida was uh, the thing I ran on. And to be in the legislature when that happens, to, to help get it across the finish line, um, that was a tremendous success in, in my life. It, you know, it's, it's awesome when the thing you want to see happen, happens. And so that's probably the number one thing I would hang my hat on. The second thing would be uh, my work in criminal justice reform. It's actually something I wasn't really sure if I was going to be able to get into, uh, but really been able to be a, a leader and a champion in the legislature on criminal justice issues. Um, I think we're heading in the right direction in Florida. Obviously, you know, if somebody does something wrong, they have to pay their debt to society. Uh, but at the same time, there has to be an ability and a pathway for them to rejoin society once they've paid their debt, and to be able to enter back into the workforce and, and really begin their life again. And I think what, what we've been working on in criminal justice reform is to help get us there. Okay. Now, I, th- I think the thing that sticks most in my mind over the past few years was your opposition to the, uh, the Parkland bill, where you, you, know, you went against your own party and your own leaders on that. Um, what was your mm-hmm. thinking on that? It was simple. I, I felt that raising the age to buy a shotgun or a long gun from 18 to 21 uh, was the wrong thing to do. It didn't stand for the the Second Amendment rights of the of the people of Florida. I mean, listen, what Nicholas Cruz did two years ago was was, was a straight. It was a catastrophe. It was awful. Um, but you could just because he was 19 years old, 
that didn't mean that every other 19-year-old in our state would commit the same heinous act. That is actually not the truth. Um, I thought it was, you know, unfortunately, it was just pandering, that, that piece of, like, that, that portion of that bill. Um, I was concerned about red flag laws when they were going through. One of the key things that we were concerned about were due process rights uh, for individuals. And, yes, I think you're starting to see uh, articles pop up where there are people who are not, who are due process is an issue with respect to red flag, with, with red flag laws. I mean, you know, these shootings are, are, they are one of these scourges that impact our society. I think everybody understands that. But the rights of the people, they're a right to bear arms, uh, which is not a right given by government. That's a right given by God. And government's actually prohibited from infringing on that right. Um, that's where I had to draw the line. And I had to go against the party on that one. Donalds is about to start his fourth and probably final session of the legislature because he's running for the U.S. House of Representatives in District 19 this year. Incumbent Congressman Francis Rooney has already announced he will not be running for re-election in the Southwest Florida District, and Republicans are lining up for the chance to replace him. But Donald stands out from the crowd. Here's an excerpt of a video on his campaign website. Today, I'm everything the fake news media tells you doesn't exist. A strong, Trump-supporting, gun-owning, liberty-loving, pro-life, politically incorrect black man. You see, life is what made me this way. And that's why I'm running for Congress. You describe yourself as politically incorrect. What exactly do you mean there? It's just speaking plainly and not really pulling punches. Like, I didn't come up in politics. You know, I don't come from a political family. Um, I was not bred for politics. I wasn't, I didn't, uh, I wasn't a staffer for somebody else. I didn't intern for an elected official. Um, I was just a regular citizen. And when you, when you're a regular person, you're a regular citizen, we're going to work, raising your kids, volunteering in your community. People don't talk in politically correct terms. They just say what they mean. They mean what they say. Uh, they try to execute the things that are important to them and they really just try to live their lives. Um, <clears throat> so the double speak, the, the, the couching of words, I don't get into that. Typically, when you get a chance to meet me or engage with me, I'll explain to you um, what, I, what I'm trying to accomplish. And then there comes to a point where I just kind of stop and I'm saying, you know what, let's just be blunt and let's just get down to, to the, the matter at hand. And so I think that Americans uh, respect that far more than always making sure that you said these, the right thing, the exact same phrase. Because I think voters largely just want people who are going to be effective, going to be truthful in what they say, and are going to stand for what they believe in. And one thing he believes in is Donald Trump. Now, fact-checkers have compiled a list of more than 15,000 lies or misstatements by the president. So the question for Donald's is whether lies are acceptable these days when they come from the White House. Is lying okay in politics? I mean, listen, here's the deal. Um, I think what's okay in politics is making sure that you're effective. That's what's important. Are you effective in getting stuff done? You know, I think that you should always just be straight with people, whether they whether they like the truth or not. And that's just the reality of the situation. But it's important that you are effective. And it's without question that the president's effective. So the 15,000 lies or misstatements that have been documented so far, that really doesn't trouble you? Like I told you, what I want to see is that we actually have an effective commander in chief. If you look at what's going on with the Iranians, he's effective on that. If you look at how he's been dealing with the Chinese, he's effective on that. The things that actually matter to the lives of the American people, he's been getting that job done. And that's just the way it is. Donalds is also defending the president's call to build a wall. Immigration tops his list of issues for the congressional campaign. You know, obviously, immigration is the biggest uh, issue in our in our area, followed by water quality. Um, you know, my stances on immigration have been very clear, not just since I've been in the legislature, but before that, 
when I came up in the Tea Party movement when I ran uh, for Congress back in 2012. Um, I believe we have to have strong border, strong border enforcement and border control. Yes, we have to build a wall, and that's something that Congress has been saying uh, for more than 30 years. That is, that's something that the president has picked up, but that's something that Congress has voted for and been trying to do for the last 30 years. The issue is Congress never funded it. So this is not, and this is not new to, to the political spectrum. Uh, we have to fix our visa system, our entry exit system. Um, and in some respects, we do have to figure out how many people we're going to allow in the country any, in any particular year. That way, the people who come in actually have economic viability in their own personal lives so that they can make the most of their experiences here in America and try to build their families like previous immigrants have done with their families. Um, so I think that's one. Water quality is the second one that's going to be critical. Uh, that we continue the work that uh, Congressman Rooney and before him Congressman Clawson have done with water quality in Southwest Florida. Uh, but the biggest way I differentiate myself is that on, on constitutional rights, whether it's Second Amendment, whether it's pro-life issues, I've distinguished myself uh, from the other people in this race as actually having stood on principle when it mattered most. And I think that's definitely going to resonate in this district. Six Republicans and two Democrats are campaigning for the District 19 congressional seat. Your calendar of events today includes Governor Ron DeSantis making what his press office describes as a major announcement. That's at 9.30 on the campus of Florida State College, Jacksonville. The House Commerce Committee, Education Committee, and Judiciary Committee are holding a joint workshop at 11.30 to talk about the idea of allowing Florida college athletes to be paid for the use of their names, images, and likenesses. Senate Democrats will hold a press conference at 12.15 to announce what they call a major education initiative. The Senate Education Committee meets at 1 to consider a bill by Chairman Manny Diaz aimed at increasing teacher pay, which is also a top priority for the governor. The Senate Governmental Oversight and Accountability Committee meets at 1 to take up a plan by Senator Bill Monford to provide annual cost-of-living raises to state employees if they meet certain performance standards. The Senate Innovation, Industry, and Technology Committee meets at 1 in the Senate Office Building to consider a bill by Senator Manny Diaz that preempts local regulation of vacation rental properties like Airbnb. The Senate Community Affairs Committee meets at 3.30 to take up a proposal by Senator Debbie Mayfield allowing cities and counties to regulate smoking in public parks. The Senate Infrastructure and Security Committee will take up two resolutions condemning white nationalism and white supremacy. Those resolutions are sponsored by Senators Jose Javier Rodriguez and Wilton Simpson. Democratic lawmakers holding a news conference in the Capitol at 4 this afternoon to talk about bills that seek to curb gun violence. Funeral services will be held at noon at the First Baptist Church of Panama City for Jimmy Petronas Sr., the father of the state's chief financial officer. He passed away Thursday at the age of 88. Associated Industries of Florida will hold a reception that's an annual kickoff of the legislative session beginning at 5.30 this afternoon at AIF headquarters in Tallahassee. It's the place to see and be seen before the start of the session. It's also the last chance lawmakers have to fundraise before the practice is prohibited during the session. And finally, it's time once again for our tribute to Florida Man, who turns out to be a beauty queen. A Palm Beach County woman who won the title of Mrs. Florida at a pageant four years ago has been sentenced to a month in federal prison and five months of house arrest after pleading guilty to Social Security fraud. Karen Turk is a conservative columnist with a syndicated show called Behind the Headlines and has appeared on RT, the television network funded by the Russian government. She was accused of pocketing her mother's Social Security checks rather than sending that money onto the nursing home in which her mother was receiving care for dementia. She died in June. 
In separate cases, the nursing home, the mother's court-appointed guardian, and the guardian's lawyers are all suing Turk to collect the money they say she owes them as a representative of her mother's estate. The total amount of those lawsuits? More than $320,000. That's it for the penultimate edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow on the opening day of the legislative session as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. Thank you.